Tonight, disturbing footage, the brutal police beating of Tyree Nichols. The video of the violent confrontation in Memphis. For me to find out that my son was calling my name. The plea for peaceful protests and demands for police reform. The workforce in Canada helping the war effort. Most of the people here are Ukrainian refugees. A look at the armored military vehicles destined for Ukraine. They know exactly what needs to be done. Plus a final gift for a devoted hockey fan. The game, the goal, and a lifelong wish fulfilled. It was the best. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Reporting tonight, John Benavalli Rao. Good evening. We begin with a video so appalling, the city of Memphis only released it tonight after schools and businesses were closed. Fearing the reaction to footage of police brutally beating Tyree Nichols, a black man who later died of his injuries, an arrest that started at a traffic light. Tonight, there are protests in the streets of Memphis, along with other major cities like New York, where there was a large demonstration. The images of the beating are deeply disturbing, but as CTV's Tom Walters reports, the victim's family wanted them to be released so the world would be a witness to what happened. 29-year-old Tyree Nichols is dragged to the ground in video that is agonizing to watch. Memphis police now say there is no evidence officers were justified in stopping him to begin with. But after trying to run, he is viciously beaten. Already pinned, but an officer winds up for a kick. As police pummel him, he cries out for his mother. Another officer attacks him with a baton. Dragged to his feet, he is punched, reeling, semi-conscious, passed around between officers. He will later die in hospital. For me to find out that my son was calling my name and I was only feet away and did not even hear him, you have no clue how I feel right now. No clue. Ever since the Rodney King beating, even with video evidence, there has been little accountability for police violence. But the five officers in this case face a string of charges, including murder, prosecuted with the speed and severity that would be applied to any other citizen, a fact welcomed by Tyree's stepfather. We're very satisfied with the charges. Now, an anxious community hopes a greater appearance of justice in the killing of Tyree Nichols will lead to what his family wants. We want peace. We do not want any type of uproar. But even the Memphis police chief now wonders what it says, that five officers could all act this way. There was this sort of element of groupthink. It was the police culture in America that killed Tyree Nichols. Swift prosecution in this case has been applauded. But questions remain about how the attitudes of police in general may be contributing to these recurring scenes of needless violence, especially against African-Americans. John? All right, Tom. 
Another troubling video was released tonight showing the brutal attack on Paul Pelosi, the husband of U.S. former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The assault happened last year at their California home. Here's CTV's Washington bureau chief, Joy Malbin. This is terrifying to watch. What's going on, man? Police arrive at the Pelosi home in San Francisco last October to see this. An intruder and 82-year-old Paul Pelosi struggling over a hammer. Drop the hammer. Um, nope. Hey. The intruder swings, striking Pelosi in the head with shocking force. He falls to the ground unconscious. This video part of the evidence against Canadian-born David DePap. Charged with attempted murder, he's pleaded not guilty. Surveillance video shows him breaking into the Pelosi home, looking specifically for former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. DePap posted far-right conspiracy theories about the January 6th Capitol attack and said Pelosi was spying on Donald Trump, telling police he was on a mission to fight evil in Washington. Well, I was going to basically hold her hostage and she told the truth, I'd let her go scot-free. If she lied, that would be On January 6th, you can hear the mob hunting for Pelosi. Since the insurrection, members of Congress have faced increased threats. Pelosi, who stepped down as Speaker, says her husband is healing slowly after suffering a fractured skull and serious injuries. I have not seen the break-in, and I have absolutely no intention of seeing the deadly assault on my husband's life. Lawyers for DePap tried to stop the release of the video, arguing it could hurt his right to a fair trial and be used to promote conspiracy theories. John? Okay, Joy Malvin in Washington tonight. Thank you. The Prime Minister accused the Conservative leader of twisting the facts today after Pierre Polyev once again called Canada broken. Everything feels broken. Oh, I just defended Justin Trudeau. During today's caucus speech, the Conservative leader blamed Justin Trudeau for crime rates, inflation, and homelessness. If you're not responsible for any of these things, if you can't do anything about it, then why don't you get out of the way and let someone lead who can? In his defense, Trudeau called Polyev irresponsible. There are politicians like Mr. Polyev who have no real solutions to offer and who just try to exploit the anger and concerns. Trudeau says his focus will be on health care, housing investments and Indigenous reconciliation when Parliament resumes next week. To Jerusalem now, where at least seven people are dead after a Palestinian gunman opened fire outside of a synagogue. This as violence continues to escalate between Israel and Palestinian militants. With more, here's CTV's Kevin Gallagher. The shooting rampage outside a synagogue in East Jerusalem is the deadliest attack on Israelis in nearly 15 years. According to police, a 21-year-old Palestinian gunman killed at least seven people. Three others were wounded, including a 15-year-old boy. The shooter fled the scene, but was killed later by police. The bloodshed was celebrated tonight in the Palestinian territories. As many are furious after an Israeli military raid in the occupied West Bank killed nine Palestinians yesterday, 12 others were injured. It motivated the Palestinian Authority to stop coordinating with Israeli anti-terrorism missions. At least 30 Palestinians have been killed this year alone during similar incursions. 
Retaliatory rockets fired from Gaza last night were intercepted by the Iron Dome. Israel responded with strikes of its own. Now the concern is violence will only increase. A major challenge for Israel's new hard-right government. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu called on people not to take the law in their own hands, adding that's what the army, police and security forces are for. Despite the attack, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is still planning to visit the region this weekend, John, hoping to prevent an escalating cycle of violence. All right, Kevin, thank you. The attack outside a synagogue came as the world today remembered and honored the six million Jews and millions of others murdered during the Holocaust. Today, survivors spoke of both the tragedies and the progress being made in the fight against anti-Semitism, 78 years after the liberation of the largest Nazi death camp. Here's CTV's Annie Bergeron-Oliver. Now a somber place of remembrance for survivors, their descendants, and others to grieve and pay their respects. 78 years ago, Auschwitz-Birkenau was a notorious Nazi death camp that was finally being liberated, but not before over 1.1 million people, mostly Jews, were murdered. Those who forget history are condemned to repeat it, and that's the worst thing that can happen. Dr. Agnes Klein was only three years old when the war started. I never thought of myself as a survivor. She survived by hiding on a Romanian farm. Now Klein has devoted herself to fighting anti-Semitism. You have to really take a stand because you have to nip this thing in the bud or at least make sure that people are strong enough to stand up for themselves. Standing up against hate, a central theme at a special ceremony marking International Holocaust Remembrance Day at the National Holocaust Monument in Ottawa. Hate is being amplified online and on other platforms. And so we cannot and must not be complacent. Lisa Levitan is fighting that complacency. The granddaughter of a concentration camp survivor, she's an advocate for a growing global campaign and Jew hatred. There are fewer Holocaust survivors than ever before. It is our duty as the next generation to make sure that we remember and we never forget. Before the concentration camp, in Montreal, it was four sixth graders who took it upon themselves to teach their fellow classmates about the Holocaust as a way to honour the millions of people murdered by the Nazis. We want to promote a kinder future and so that everybody to be aware of it and so that they can know what happened in the past. Annie Bergeron-Oliver, CTV News, Ottawa. While Auschwitz was liberated by members of the Red Army, Russia was not invited to today's ceremony in Poland because of its invasion of Ukraine. There, at least 10 civilians have been killed and 20 more wounded after a wave of missile strikes and drone attacks hit eastern and southern parts of the country. An attack on Kyiv Thursday also killed 11 civilians. It all follows a pledge by Western nations, including Canada, to supply Ukraine with tanks, a move Russia sees as an escalation. Today, President Volodymyr Zelensky launched a campaign to prevent Russian athletes from competing in next year's Olympics in Paris, saying even a neutral flag would be stained with blood. Ukrainians displaced by the conflict have found a way to defend their home, despite being thousands of kilometers from the front lines, finding jobs here in Canada at a factory, manufacturing armored vehicles, soon to transport troops across the battlefield. CTV's Sean Lethong has that story. 
This is the war effort. The production of armored vehicles destined for the front lines in Ukraine and built entirely in Canada. We truly believe that these vehicles are extremely needed in Ukraine. Roman Shimanov is the CEO of Rochelle, creator of the Senator Armored Personnel Carrier. So they know exactly what needs to be done. The Senator APC has been used by NASA, the U.S. State Department, various police forces, and it has been in action in Ukraine since April of 2022. They helped them to, uh, to evacuate people from uh, the combat zones. They take part in reconnaissance and surveillance operations. Last week, the Canadian government committed 200 of the APCs to Ukraine at a cost of $90 million. This department, they're building the floor. The vehicles are built entirely in-house without relying on a supply chain, allowing Rochelle to build fast. The biggest challenge is to make sure that all of the components will be ready on time so we can produce four vehicles every day. Shimanov says there's much more at stake than just filling an order. His wife is Ukrainian and... Most of the people here are Ukrainian refugees. Since the start of the war, Rochelle has hired 80 Ukrainian refugees. Like 68-year-old Volodymyr Masayev, a welder by trade, he was visiting family in Canada when war broke out, so he stayed and applied for a job. I used to build uh, ships in shipyard, and now I build armored personnel carriers. These people can contribute to their country by building vehicles that in a very short time will be in a combat zone. Shimanov says all 200 Senator APCs will be delivered by this summer. Mosayev says the job here is only part of the work that he and his family have in front of them. After everything is will settle in Ukraine and I'll be able to bring my family back from Canada, I will go and I will rebuild. Until then, the work, the war effort, continues. Sean Leethong, CTV News, Mississauga. Well, time for a two-minute break, but when we come back... Typically, it's more difficult for a household to find a unit that meets their needs. From availability to affordability, a reality check on renting. Plus, a massive pileup on a frozen Wisconsin highway. A fierce storm in America's Midwest is being blamed for a massive pileup that sent at least 27 people to hospital. Up to 50 cars and tractor trailers were involved in a crash on a highway about 130 kilometers southwest of Milwaukee. Snow was falling at the time and visibility was poor. In Auckland, New Zealand, a state of emergency was declared as torrential rains caused extensive flooding. Many people were forced from their homes, some having to wade through chest-deep water to get to higher ground. The rising cost of living in Canada continues to spill over into the rental market, with a new report revealing there are fewer purpose-built apartments to rent than at any time since 2001, and rental prices are soaring. With more, here's B.C. Bureau Chief Melanie Nagy. 
Finding a place to rent in Canada is getting harder and harder. The country's vacancy rate is now at its lowest level in two decades. The vacancy rate nationally decreased to 1.9% from 3.1% last year. Eric Bond is an economist who helped draft a sobering report that gives a grim snapshot of the rental market. When accommodation is more scarce, uh, typically it's more difficult for a household to find a unit that meets their needs. Bond also happens to be a renter and knows firsthand how tough it is. He says higher mortgage rates are making it harder to purchase properties. That means renters are staying put, reducing the number of available units. It speaks to the you know, current tightness of the rental market and also the fact that we need more rental supply. With so few properties and high demand, rental costs are skyrocketing. The national average monthly rental price for a two-bedroom purpose-built apartment rose to 5.6%, costing $1,258. Joe McCulley moved to Winnipeg for the lower cost of living, but with rent rising, he fears he may have to move again. In order to keep my budget kind of set, I need to find the right building with the right uh, rent. While other big cities are pricey, Vancouver remains the most expensive with a two-bedroom averaging $2,002, but many pay much more than that. In the city's downtown core... No housing! No Felix Riez de la Orden joined his fellow grad students in a cost-of-living protest. He barely makes enough to pay his rent and says he's not alone. Uh, it's, it's terrible right now. Vancouver not only has the highest rent of Canada's major cities, but the lowest vacancy rate, which is now below 1%. Melanie Nagy, CTV News, Vancouver. Well, still ahead, culture carved in stone. An artistic celebration half a century in the making. An alarming video has emerged of a 12-year-old indigenous boy handcuffed and pinned to the ground at a Vancouver children's hospital. Are you okay? Sure. I need these guys to take the handcuffs off my The mother says her son has medical conditions that contribute to behavioral issues. Metro Vancouver Transit Police say the boy had earlier assaulted his mother at a train station. A review has been launched and indigenous leaders have called the incident horrendous. They were stories nearly erased from his memory during his time at a residential school. But an Inuit sculptor is now telling them using soapstone and metal. In tonight's Indigenous Circle, CTV's Donna Sound talks to the artist celebrating 50 years of work with 50 pieces of art. A special opening celebrating half a century of a life told through these soapstone carvings. This is one of my favorites. This one is a real whalebone. David Rubin Pictokin, a sculptor from Palatuck Northwest Territories, has been telling his oral history through art. He recalls his first introduction to what would be his life's work. So I picked up the stone chips and uh, is there something special about this material? It, it felt very silky felt that this is magic. Curiously all lit up. Boom. 50 pieces of magic conveyed through these faces, each with their own story. I called it W3-1-1-9. That was Pictokin's number at residential school. 
where he lost his native tongue and so much more. We're given an education in forgetting, forget who you are, forget your language, especially your language. If you lose your language, everything else disappears. Curator Wanda Nanabush says his work is unique. The environmental devastation happening in the Arctic in the new work, he's thinking about it. But he doesn't just sit inside of it, in the ugliness of it. He's really pointing us, asking us to think our way out of that. Shaman has to escort the people. To the in Pictokin's world, it's all about coexistence. How they uh, coexist with all the animals, how they coexist with the storytellers, the spirit world. First taste of life. Donna Sound, CTV News, Toronto. Months after a gas fire left Jay Leno with serious burns, the former late-night host now says he broke multiple bones when he was knocked off a vintage motorcycle two weeks ago. The 72-year-old says he got hurt when he was clotheslined by an invisible wire strung across a parking lot. After the break, one last wish at the good old hockey game. 